from our WSBT Radio studios in downtown South Bend. Let's go! Come on! Ah! Welcome to Budweiser's Weekday Sports Beat. Wow, don't blink. A lot of major intestinal fortitude going on here. On your home for Notre Dame football. Knocked down by Wooden. The game is over. The Irish is upset. Florida State. Notre Dame is number one. And Notre Dame basketball. Number one ranked UCLA Bruins have been upset by the Irish of Notre Dame. Good! Alike Okunpawale wins the national championship for Notre Dame. Plus fighting Irish hockey. They score! Jake Evans scores! Notre Dame. 3.7 seconds away from a spot in the national championship game. The NFL and Major League Baseball. Oh my gracious, how about that? Sports Radio 960 WSBT, WSBTradio.com, the free WSBT radio app. Big time budgets. Now here's your host, seven-time Associated Press Broadcasting Award winner, Darren Pritchett. Good evening, everyone. Welcome to Budweiser's Weekday Sports Beat. On your home of the Fighting Irish, Sports Radio 960, WSBT. On this Monday, February the 27th, of 2023 just one more day left in the month of february before we head to the madness of march for that matter we are one day away from the start of hoosier hysteria the indiana high school boys basketball tournament will get underway across the state of indiana tomorrow night and your home for the Laporte Class 4A sectional is our sister station, 96-1, The Ton. Brian Miller and Ron Heklinski will bring you the play-by-play of all five games of this sectional starting tomorrow night. And it will be South Bend Adams taking on Michigan City in game number one. And in game number two, we will have... Mishawaka taking on Plymouth in a Northern Lakes Conference sectional first-round matchup. The first game, I believe, will get started at 6.30 Eastern time. Game two, right around 8 o'clock Eastern time for that Laporte sectional. Of course, good luck to all the teams as we've got sectional sites across the area with some really good basketball teams that have great opportunities in front of them to make a major run in Hoosier Hysteria. More on that coming up a little later. I'll explain in a second. But right now it is nine minutes after five o'clock. Thanks for joining me on 960 AM WSBT. Streaming live at WSBTradio.com, the WSBT radio app, and also the live video stream on the Twitch app. Hope you had a terrific weekend. And we are ready to go with a brand new week of this program. Coming up in a moment, our hat trick of opening topics. It sounds like Notre Dame might have picked their offensive line coach. Also coming up at 5.30, we'll have our Twitter question of the day. The My 5 question of the day today is the five biggest wins of the weekend. Also in the 6 o'clock hour. 
at 6.15. I'll be joined by Michigan State hockey coach Adam Nightingale. The Spartans are the number five seed in the Big Ten tournament, and they will take on the four-seeded Fighting Irish of Notre Dame at the Compton Family Ice Arena this weekend in a best-of-three Big Ten tournament quarterfinal. We'll give you all the details on the start times in just a couple of moments, but Coach Nightingale will join me in about an hour here on WSBT Radio. And then Mark Johnson joins the program at 6.30. 36 years as a high school boys basketball coach, 470 victories. He is going to help me preview the start of Hoosier Hysteria tomorrow night. All that and more coming up over the next two hours here on Budweiser's Weekday Sports Beat from Sports Radio 960 WSBT. We begin with our hat trick of opening topics, and we start with some developing news. My colleagues at Blue and Gold Illustrated have confirmed previous reports that Virginia Tech offensive line coach Joe Rudolph is expected to become the Irish's new offensive line coach. Let's give you some details on Joe Rudolph. Well, first off, he's coming to Notre Dame, or at least allegedly coming to Notre Dame, from Virginia Tech. He spent one year at Virginia Tech. Last season, the Hokies were 123rd in the country in yards per carry, 109th in sacks per game allowed. Before that, where he is most well-known for his time, at his alma mater in Madison. From 2015 to 2021, Rudolph was at the University of Wisconsin, where he served as associate head coach, offensive coordinator, offensive line coach. Now, he left his alma mater to be a part of a rebuild at Virginia Tech, where he was only the run game coordinator and the offensive line coach. So, for Notre Dame, third offensive line coach, in three years, from Jeff Quinn to the great Harry Heastan to Joe Rudolph. Now, Rudolph is a former offensive lineman at Wisconsin. He played under former Notre Dame coordinator Barry Alvarez with the Badgers. Now, Rudolph has crossed paths with Fighting Irish head coach Marcus Freeman. While Freeman was a linebacker in Columbus, Rudolph was a grad assistant at Ohio State 2004, 2005, and 2006. Now, I don't mean to stat pick. That's not what I'm trying to do. But as the offensive line coach at Wisconsin, you look at what the Badgers were doing from 2011 to 2014 before Rudolph arrived. They were averaging per game. 235 rushing yards a game, then 236, 283, and the year before he arrived, 320 yards per game, 6.8 yards per carry. Rudolph joins the staff, 2015, 150 yards per game, 3.8 yards per carry, then yards per game, rushing the next few years, 2016, 203, then 223, up to 273 in 2018, 233 in 2019. He called plays in 2020 and the rushing attack 164 yards per game and only 3.9 
yards per carry. His final year in Madison, 2021, back up to 211 yards per game and 4.9 rushing yards per contest. So those are a couple of the details on Joe Rudolph, who reportedly made $725,000 at Virginia Tech. I would have to imagine he got a raise coming to South Bend to work with Marcus Freeman. So it would appear that the staff is now fully put together. Gerard Parker, offensive coordinator, tight end coach, still not official. Gino Gaduli is expected to be the quarterback coach leaving Wisconsin after a couple of months to come to work for Marcus Freeman, someone he worked with at Cincinnati. And you have apparently Joe Rudolph taking over as the team's offensive line coach. Can't stress enough, Gadouli and Rudolph have not been officially named by Notre Dame as new members of Marcus Freeman's coaching staff, but those are the expectations. So again, Joe Rudolph, more well-known for his time at Wisconsin, one year at Virginia Tech as offensive line coach and run game coordinator, comes to South Bend, reportedly, for the 2023 season to take over for the great Harry Heastand as offensive line coach. So for some of these players, three different offensive line coaches in three years, obviously not ideal, but the Heastand guy, he's worth only having for one year. So that's the latest on the Fighting Irish football team. Let's get to hat trick topic number two to get today's program started. The Fighting Irish women's basketball team got it done down in Louisville yesterday, and they brought back to South Bend some pretty shiny hardware. The Irish are six seconds from an ACC regular season championship. Inbound by Louisville with Notre Dame leading by five. Chris Lynn Carr, pull up at the free throw line. Good with three-tenths of a second left, and it's not going to matter. That's the game. Notre Dame 68, Louisville 65. The Irish win for the first time in the Derby City in seven years, and Notre Dame locks up the regular season ACC championship. Sean Styers with the call on the Notre Dame radio network heard on our sister station, Live 99.9. What a gutty effort by Neil Ivey's team. As the Irish beat Louisville 68-65, winning at Louisville for the first time in seven years, sweeping a team they've had little luck with the last few years. And meanwhile, the Irish got a lot of help from North Carolina, who knocked off Duke yesterday 45-41, knocking Duke out of first place and giving Notre Dame the outright title, their first outright regular season title since 17. First time they've at least shared the title since 2019, and they did it by playing a majority of the game without their star guard, Olivia Miles, who left the game with what looked like a knee injury. She left the court with only two points. Now, during the game, Alan Anderson, Anthony Anderson, excuse me, of the South Bend Tribune, who is the Notre Dame women's basketball beat reporter, he tweeted out for a Notre Dame official. Miles is tentative to return, even if she doesn't today. 
That seems encouraging for the longer term, end quote. In a Zoom call today for the ACC tournament, Ivy said that Miles was going to be seeing a doctor sometime today. No further news on the knee of Olivia Miles. It goes without saying, this Notre Dame team, even though they won yesterday, would look a whole lot different in March Madness without their star guard. But hopefully there's some optimism right now. Based on that report from Anderson, hopefully the Irish will get some good news from the doctor. But how about Sonia Citron picking up the slack? She was fantastic with 27 points in the ball game, and the Irish women's basketball team takes the regular season title of the ACC as they beat Louisville 68-65, and the Irish are the number one seed in the ACC tournament this week. They do not play until Friday at 2 o'clock in the ACC tournament quarterfinals where they will take on the winner of the matchup between the eighth seed, North Carolina State, and the nine seed, Syracuse. So the Irish bring home that trophy as ACC regular season champions. Hat trick topic number three to get the program underway. We turn our attention to the men on ice. And Notre Dame hockey fans, you get a chance to see your team at the Compton once again this year. Last couple of weeks, it hasn't been looking good, to be honest with you. But a lot of things fell right over the weekend for the Fighting Irish. Notre Dame needed help. And, oh, by the way, they had to play the number four team of the country, the Michigan Wolverines. But Notre Dame entering this weekend 6-0-1 in their last seven regular season matchups against Michigan at Yost Ice Arena. If you're a player, that has to give you a ton of confidence going into this matchup with Michigan, who came into the weekend third in the country in goal scoring at 4.00 goals per game. But Notre Dame did not blink. On Friday, Notre Dame and Michigan played to a 3-3 tie. Notre Dame picked up a very important extra point in the standings as they won the shootout. Nick Lieberman had a goal, and Ryan Bischel stopped all three Wolverine shots. And Notre Dame picked up two points on Friday, a 3-3 tie with the Irish winning the shootout. Then we moved to Saturday. Again, things started to fall into place. First off, Wisconsin had not won a Big Ten road game in two years. No chance, right? (laughs) The Badgers stunned a top 10 ranked Penn State team in University Park, Pennsylvania, two to one. With that loss, it was kind of crazy, all the different scenarios, but it came down to this. If Notre Dame won in regulation, they would be the number three seed in the Big Ten tournament, and they would host Penn State this weekend. If Notre Dame won in overtime or a shootout, they would be the number four seed and take on Michigan State. If, let me see, I got to get all these right. If Michigan would have won in regulation, Michigan State would have hosted a first-round series as the four-seed. And then if Michigan would have won a shootout or an overtime, Penn State would have hosted. So 
that's all that was going on in this game, all those different scenarios. Well, for Notre Dame, the Irish got a goal from Drew Bavaro, and this game was 1-1 going into overtime. Ryan Bishop was absolutely spectacular in goal, again shutting down that Michigan team. He has never lost a regular season game in that building. In fact, he's never lost a game in that building. So we went into overtime. It's three skaters aside. I just laid it all out. Still a lot of scenarios. The only thing decided Michigan State couldn't host next weekend. Penn State was still alive for home ice. Notre Dame was still alive for home ice. But they needed to win either in overtime or the shootout. We pick up the action in overtime. The Irish and Michigan tied at one. Here comes Bovaro through center. The Irish defenseman over the line right side. Curls to the middle. Takes a shot. Safe. Rebound safe. Another chance. They score! Bovaro scores for Notre Dame. They win in overtime. And Irish fans, you get to see your team at home next weekend at the Compton Family Ice Arena as Notre Dame has beaten Michigan in overtime by a score of 2-1. to one. Drew Bovaro. Three chances in about two seconds. Finally buried it with the goaltender down and out. He had a two-goal game. Ryan Bischel, 49 saves, and that's a fighting Irish winner as the Irish picked up the victory. And Notre Dame ended up with home ice by one point over Penn State and Michigan State. Just winning that shootout set the stage for that matchup for Notre Dame to host Michigan State this weekend. Final scored overtime, Notre Dame 2 and Michigan 1. So, the Fighting Irish are home this weekend after all. The Big Ten Tournament quarterfinals is a best of three. And for Fighting Irish fans, tickets are available now for the Big Ten Tournament quarterfinals. And here's the way things line up. The Irish are the four seed in the Big Ten Tournament. They'll take on the five seed Michigan State. The game times, Friday night, 7 o'clock opening faceoff. Saturday afternoon is game two at 4.30. And then Sunday, if necessary, a game three would start at 6 o'clock. Oh, by the way. Michigan State went 2-1-1 against the Irish during the Big Ten regular season. The Irish won at home 5-0. First series of the year, then a 1-1 tie in Game 2. And then the Fighting Irish, February 3rd and 4th, lost to Michigan State 3-0 and 3-2. It was the first time Michigan State had swept Notre Dame at a two-game series in 17 years. Since 2006, and the Michigan State goaltender is former Notre Dame goaltender Dylan St. Cyr. More on this matchup from first-year Michigan State head coach Adam Nightingale, who will join me at 6-15. That was a fun weekend. Irish women's basketball team wins the title. Notre Dame hockey got a little help, but got home eyes for the Big Ten Tournament quarterfinals. We'll take a timeout. Coming up next, our Twitter question of the day. And again, still to come at 6.15, Michigan State hockey coach Adam Nightingale at 6.30. Longtime high school boys basketball coach Mark Johnson will help me break down Hoosier Hysteria, which starts tomorrow for Indiana boys basketball teams. 
Budweiser's weekday sports beat on a day in which it looks like Joe Rudolph will become the Irish offensive line coach. You're listening to Sports Beat on Sports Radio 960 WSBT. A Michiana tradition continues. Welcome to Budweiser's weekday sports beat on Sports Radio 960 WSBT. Well, Pet Refuge's annual gala and auction will be held Saturday, March the 11th from 6 until 9 p.m. at the Hilton Garden Inn's Gillespie Center in South Bend. This year's event is titled Playing for Keeps. This casual auction will feature games, raffles, a wine pool, food, a cash bar, and lots of fun, including a kitten cuddling tent. Admission is just $50 per person. Come support the dogs and cats of Pet Refuge Saturday, March 11th for their largest fundraiser of the year. Purchase your tickets online at PetRefuge.com. Reservations must be in by March the 3rd. This is the Budweiser's Weekday Sports Beat Twitter question of the day from Sports Radio 960 WSBT. Darren Pritchett back with you, Budweiser's Weekday Sports Beat on WSBT Radio. Well, our Twitter question of the day as we go back to Friday, I, I thought it was a fun question. We got some good numbers in terms of votes, so we appreciate that. The question was. If you could bring back magically one player from last year's Notre Dame men's basketball team that made the NCAA tournament, of these two players, which would you choose based on the fact who would make the biggest difference, make the biggest impact on the team? You could really look at this question a couple of different ways. Let's talk about it. Your first choice was South Bend Riley product. One-and-done guard, Blake Wesley, who became a first-round pick of the San Antonio Spurs. That could be your choice. Add another guard to the mix. Or you could go with the big in Paul Atkinson. Now, who's the best player? I don't think anyone would argue it's Blake Wesley. Blake Wesley did an amazing job of making this team more dynamic last year. He was a good scorer. I thought he did a really nice job using the dribble, getting into some good spots on the floor, and when the defense converged, he would kick, and the Notre Dame three-point shooters would take advantage as they would get free looks at the basket. Also, Blake was a guy that could create his own shot, unlike most players on the team, and he could put the ball on the floor and get to the rim and finish was a really good on-ball defender, could rebound. He added a lot to last year's team. So you could go with him, and no one would argue. But with the lack of a true post player on this year's team, this offense just could not compete with last year's offense. Now, not having Blake was a factor, and not having Paul Atkinson was a major factor. Paul was good in the low post, could square up, He was a really good passer of the basketball. Again, other players were better because of Atkinson's ability to find them. You get a better rebounder than you've got right now on the team. So Wesley's the best player, but Atkinson kind of fills the biggest need on this team 
a post player. The voting was very, very close. I wondered how close it would be because Wesley just seems like the obvious choice. 53.2% who voted said the one player they would bring back from last year's Notre Dame basketball team based on the fact who would make the biggest difference, who would make the biggest impact. Guard Blake Wesley got the 53.2% of the vote. Paul Atkinson, a very respectable 46.8. I don't think there's a right answer or a wrong answer here. You can make strong arguments either way. Even though Wesley is a better player across the board than Atkinson, do you have enough guards to get you by if you bring Atkinson back in this hypothetical situation? Personally, I think I would go Atkinson, even though I am leaving a dynamic player off the team right now. I just got to fill that major hole that's caused a lot of problems all year and hope my guards can get the job done. Thank you for voting. That was a fun, fun question. We keep the basketball vibes going with our Twitter question of the day. Today, we ask you this. Which of these four basketball teams will have the best March Madness run? Which of these four basketball teams will have the best March Madness run? Choice number one, the Purdue Boilermaker men's basketball team. They have been been ranked number one in the country. They're in a bit of a tailspin right now as we head toward March, but still a terrific resume. I worry about their guards defensively in the tournament, but Purdue's your first choice. Choice number two, the Eliana Basketball Club. Hoosiers are coming on strong after a very auspicious start to the Big Ten season. A massive win in Mackey over the Boilermakers over the weekend. Is Indiana ready to make that big March Madness run? Which basketball team will have the best March Madness run? Your third choice is the Indiana women's basketball team. Entered this weekend, number two in the country, got beat on a buzzer beater up in Iowa City by fellow top 10 team, Iowa. Indiana, the women trying to make the final four for the first time. And your fourth and final choice, the Notre Dame women's basketball team who just won the ACC regular season title. It's tough to vote on them until we know the status of guard Olivia Miles, who dinged her knee up in the game against Louisville, got hurt in the first half, did not return, according to head coach Neil Ivey in a Zoom call today. Before the ACC tournament, Miles is seeing a doctor today. So there you go. Which basketball team will have the best March Madness run? To be fair, we all know the draw has a lot to do with this. But we'll just base this on the way teams are playing right now and what you think of them. Which basketball team will have the best March Madness run? The Purdue men, the Indiana men, the Indiana women, or the Notre Dame women's basketball team? We'd love to get your vote. You can do so now, tonight, tomorrow, on my Twitter account at 960 Sportsbeat. That's 960 Sportsbeat. 
Budweiser's weekday sports beat on WSBT Radio is being brought to you by Budweiser, the king of beers, locally distributed by our good friends at United Beverage Company of South Bend. Sports fans, this Bud's for you. By Barnaby's of Mishawaka and Granger. Now with three locations to serve you, Barnaby's the family inn. By the Food Bank of Northern Indiana. Hunger is a story we can end. Find out how at feedindiana.org. By Midland Engineering Company, beginning their second century of quality roofing experience. The Mishawaka Education Foundation, granting a better future. Pet Refuge, urging you to adopt. Don't shop for new beginnings. Have happy endings. Nearly 20 minutes in front of 6 o'clock on this Monday evening. Coming up next... Who had the biggest wins of the sports weekend? We'll also recap the breaking news this afternoon, the reports that Virginia Tech offensive line coach Joe Rudolph is coming to South Bend to take the same job. Six o'clock hour, you'll hear from Michigan State hockey coach Adam Nightingale and also longtime high school basketball coach Mark Johnson previews Hoosier hysteria. That's what's coming up on your home of the Fighting Irish, Sports Radio 960 WSBT. Welcome to Budweiser's Weekday Sports Beat on Sports Radio 960 WSBT. Highlight reel one by Williams. Down the sideline, Williams. Chased by Gamble. 20, 10. What a run. Touchdown. Spectacular run. Here's the fake. Meyer looking. Meyer finding the other tight end. Irv Smith touchdown. Five fire rocket touchdown. Irish. Here's your host. Darren Pritchett. It is 544 at Sports Radio 960 WSBT. Welcome back to the program. Recapping our top story today. Reports have Virginia Tech offensive line coach Joe Rudolph leaving Blacksburg after one year to become Notre Dame's new offensive line coach. My colleagues at Blue and Gold Illustrated have confirmed this particular report. Rudolph was an offensive lineman at Wisconsin, played for Barry Alvarez there. He ended up being a coach at Wisconsin from 2015 to 2021, a big role on the team as associate head coach, offensive line coach, offensive coordinator, actually called the plays in 2020. But he left his alma mater to be a part of a rebuild at Virginia Tech where he gave up associate head coach, and offensive coordinator duties at Wisconsin to become only the offensive line coach and run game coordinator at Virginia Tech. You got $725,000 to go to Blacksburg. Maybe that's why you give up that type of title. But according to reports that Notre Dame is bringing Rudolph to South Bend, Rudolph was a grad assistant at Ohio State from 2004 to 2006 when Marcus Freeman was a linebacker at the Ohio State University. Read more about this story. Joe Rudolph, reportedly to Notre Dame. My colleagues at Blue and Gold Illustrated have you covered. Check out their website at blueandgold.com. One question, five answers. This is the My Five Questions of the Day on Sports Radio 960 WSBT. We move along to the My Five Question of the Day. Today, we ask, 
the five biggest wins of the weekend. Ladies and gentlemen, this is number five. We start with men's college basketball and a Big Ten showdown in Madison, Wisconsin. Barely in the tournament, according to bracketologist Michigan on the outside looking in. In fact, Jawan Howard's Wolverines entered the weekend in the next four-out category in ESPN Joe Lenardi's Bracketology. That means they were still a ways away from getting into the field of 68. In fact, they were seven teams from getting into the field, at least according to Joe Lenardi. Well, Michigan put together a strong performance at the Kohl Center, and Michigan defeated Wisconsin 87-79 to in overtime. Badgers have a handful of quad one wins. That is helping them a ton right now. That's keeping them in the running for the tournament, and Michigan with a big, big W on the road to improve their chances of getting into the field of 68 as the Big Ten tries to push their way into the tournament with 10 teams. Nine seems like the number that could be reality, but they're knocking on the door with 10 right now. Some would say, why? Because every year they go into the tournament and they lay an egg. And you know what? Big Ten fans can't argue that. It's been a rough couple of years, but that does not matter in the process of picking the best teams to go to the tournament it's your resume it's what you've done this year it's who you've beaten who you've lost to where those games took place all are a factor and right now the big 10 is much stronger than for example the acc so we'll see but michigan a massive victory for their resume over the weekend four Number four, the Mishawaka High School boys basketball team. What a roller coaster ride of a game against a very good South Bend St. Joe basketball team. It was a game of runs. St. Joe led most of the first half. Mishawaka scored 23 points in the third quarter. At one point in the second half, they were up 13, but that lead went bye-bye, and St. Joe had a chance to ice the game in the final minute, but they missed some free throws, which opened the door for the Cayman. They called timeout with less than 15 seconds to go in regulation. St. Joe led Mishawaka by three, but Mishawaka was inbounding the basketball. They needed a three to force overtime at South Bend, St. Joe. In the corner, dribble drive. Arthur reverses it out to Nelson. He'll launch the three. Anthony Nelson! One second, inbounds, the half-court heat hole is no good, and Anthony Nelson with a huge, huge three on the kickout, drains the three, and we're going to overtime. That was Brian Miller on the call on our sister station, 96-1 the time. He must have been working with Bill Raftery. Big time, Woo, get the puppies organized, Anthony. A little rip the nets. From long range, and they headed to overtime eventually. Mishawaka won 63-60 at overtime. 17 wins in the regular season for the Cavemen, the second most wins by a Mishawaka basketball team in over 30 years. The only team better, the 04-05 Rob Berger coach team that won 19 games. And Bodie Bender in his first year as head coach of Mishawaka has won the most games in his first year more than any other first-year Mishawaka 
basketball coach. Job well done by Bender and the Cabin getting that win over St. Joe. And we will see them tomorrow night at LaPorte in the sectional first round against Plymouth. Okay, okay. Uh, Number three. Coming in at number three, the Indiana Ball Club. The Hoosiers winning at Mackey. The Indiana Civil War goes to the Hoosiers as they take down the Purdue Boilermakers 79-71. I was calling the Irish hockey game. I think I looked up at one point, saw a ticker, and it was 7-0 Purdue. I'm like, "Uh uh-oh, uh-oh. Well, nothing to worry about if you're an IU fan. Your team stormed back and beat the Boilers by 8. And how about Jalen Hood Shafino? A spectacular performance, putting up a career high. 35. Trey Galloway had some key shots during a 12-0 second half run as number 17 Indiana won for the first time at Mackey since the 2012-2013 campaign and they did it with their star Trace Jackson Davis having sort of a quiet night. He did not score over the first 28 minutes. Got into foul trouble. Ended up producing 10 points, 8 rebounds, and 7 assists. He nearly put up a triple-double after not scoring the first 28 minutes. Zach Eady did Zach Eady things, 26 points and 16 rebounds. But Indiana quieted the Mackey faithful with a 79-71 win. But good news for Purdue. Northwestern lost at Maryland yesterday, and the Boilermakers have now claimed their record 25th Big Ten title. Congratulations to Matt Painter's team. Not much expected of the Boilermakers outside of West Lafayette, but they are the Big Ten champions. Number two. Coming in at number two, we go back to the ice. Jeff Jackson's Fighting Irish Hockey Team entered the weekend, not in position to host the Big Ten tournament quarterfinal best of three series this weekend. But Notre Dame did a great job on Friday, a 3-3 tie against the fourth-ranked Wolverines. They picked up the extra point of the Big Ten standings by winning a shootout. But they lost ground to Penn State. So Notre Dame dropped to sixth place going into Saturday's action. All Penn State had to do was win to close out the Irish. Wisconsin had not won a Big Ten road game in two years. But that changed, and the Badgers upset the Nittany Lions 2-1, the door wide open for the Fighting Irish to gain home ice. All they had to do was win. Win in regulation, they're the three seed. Win in a shootout or in overtime, they're the four seed. But you win, you're at home. You lose in any fashion, you're on the road. Junior defenseman Drew Bavaro had a goal earlier in the game. We were 1-1 heading into overtime, three skaters aside, and Notre Dame again needed to win for home ice. Here comes Bavaro through center. The Irish defenseman over the line right side, curls toward the middle, takes a shot, safe, rebound, safe, another chance, they score! Bavaro scores for Notre Dame. They win in overtime, and Irish fans, You get to see your team at home next weekend at the Compton Family Ice Arena as Notre Dame has beaten Michigan in overtime by a score of 2-1. to Great stuff by the transfer from Bentley, Drew Bavaro, two goals, Ryan Bischel, 
49 saves against the number three offense in the country. And that, folks, is a sweet Fighting Irish winner as Notre Dame is now 7-0-1 in their last eight regular season games against Michigan at historic Yost Ice Arena. Incredible. So Notre Dame will host this weekend after getting four of six points against Michigan. It's the four-seed Notre Dame hosting the five-seed Michigan State. Best of three series. Again, the Fighting Irish will play Friday at 7, Saturday at 4.30. If necessary, Game 3 Sunday is at 6 o'clock here. All three games on our sister station, Quality Rock 94.3 FM. You're outside the South Bend area. You can get the stream of the game courtesy of the Notre Dame Radio Network at UND.com. And last but not least... The biggest wins of the weekend, the biggest of them all, belongs to Niel Ivey's Fighting Irish women's basketball team. The Irish are six seconds from an ACC regular season championship. Inbound by Louisville with Notre Dame leading by five. Chris Lynn Carr, pull up at the free throw line. Good with three-tenths of a second left, and it's not going to matter. That's the game. Notre Dame, 68 Louisville 65, the Irish win for the first time in the Derby City in seven years, and Notre Dame locks up the regular season ACC championship. Sean Steyer's on the call on the Notre Dame Radio Network, heard on our sister station, Live 99.9. The Irish outright champions because the Dukies lost at home to North Carolina 45-41. The Irish win the game with Olivia Miles going down with a knee injury again. Neil Ivey saying today that Miles was seeing a doctor today. No word on the outcome of that doctor's visit. We do know the Irish are the one seed in the ACC tournament. They will play Friday in the ACC tournament quarterfinals. It's a 2 o'clock start against either the 8 seed, North Carolina State, or the 9 seed, Syracuse. The five biggest wins of the weekend Michigan boys, or I should say Michigan men's basketball. Mishawaka boys basketball beating St. Joe. Indiana knocking off Purdue at Mackey. Notre Dame hockey stealing home ice for the Big Ten Tournament quarterfinals. And the Irish women's basketball team, ACC champions. It is 5.57 coming up at 6.15. Michigan State hockey coach Adam Nightingale at 6.30. Longtime high school basketball coach Mark Johnson talking Hoosier Asteria on Sports Radio 960 WSBT. Eight minutes after 6 o'clock. Welcome to hour number two, Budweiser's weekday sports beat on Sports Radio 960 WSBT, streaming live at WSBTradio.com and our free WSBT radio app, a video feed of the show on the Twitch app. I'm Darren Pritchett. Short segment here. We've got back-to-back interviews coming up. Do you want to talk about some interesting news that Blue and Gold Illustrated broke just a little bit ago? But it appears that the Fighting Irish are pursuing an offensive lineman in the next series of the transfer portal. And it's a very experienced player, Mason Lunsford, an interior offensive lineman who played at Maryland, 
The Irish, of course, have Zeke Carell at center, two great tackles in Joe Alt and Blake Fisher. The guard spots, you're going to have some new bodies there, but you got some good candidates, a lot of good words about Billy Shrouth, Andrew Kristoffik, a guy who was very heralded coming out of Michigan, Rocco Spindler. Those are three good candidates for the offensive guard positions, but according to Blue and Gold Illustrated, Mason Lunsford's going to be visiting, and you can read the entire story and all the information about Lunsford, his experience at Maryland. If you go to blueandgold.com, if you're a subscriber, you're all set up. Check out the story, and of course, if you're not a subscriber, you can do so on the website. So that's just another little nugget to keep an eye on. Mason Lunsford visiting the Irish and interior offensive lineman from the University of Maryland. We will talk Notre Dame football recruiting tomorrow, which also includes stories like the grad transfer portal, or I should say the grad transfers or the transfer portal, getting my transfers mixed up. But we'll talk to Mike Singer about these storylines on tomorrow's program here on WSBT Radio. Also, Brian Miller and Ron Heklinski, our broadcast team for the Laporte 4A Boys Basketball Sectional. They're going to hop on the show tomorrow at 5.30, right before they go on the air for sectional coverage on our sister station, 96.1 The Ton. At 6.30, you've got Adams taking on Michigan City. The nightcap is Plymouth versus Mishawaka. The entire sectional on 96.1 the ton. I promised this would be a short segment, so let's go to break. When we come back, we'll talk some college hockey. Notre Dame taking on Michigan State in the Big Ten Tournament quarterfinals at the Compton this weekend. I'll be joined by Michigan State first-year head coach Adam Nightingale and also longtime high school basketball coach Mark Johnson joins me at 6.30 to talk Hoosier Hysteria. Listen to Budweiser's weekday sports beat live or on demand with our free WSBT radio app. Just search WSBT radio in the App Store and Google Play. Now, back to local sports talk on Sports Beat with your host, Darren Pritchett. It is 16 minutes after 6 o'clock, and the Irish hockey team will be back at the Compton Family Ice Arena this weekend, hosting the Big Ten Tournament Best of Three quarterfinal against the Michigan State Spartans. My guest is first-year Michigan State head coach Adam Nightingale, played his college hockey at Lake Superior State and Michigan State, 2020 through 2022 head coach of the U.S. Developmental Program team, has NHL coaching experience with the Red Wings and the Sabres, and we know his brother very well. For those of us surrounding the Notre Dame hockey team, Jason was a Notre Dame volunteer assistant coach back in 12 and 13. Now he is the Buffalo Sabres assistant director of amateur scouting. Coach Nightingale, it's Darren. A pleasure to be with you today. How are you? Oh, awesome. Yeah, no, really good. Thanks for having me. You bet. Thank you so much for your time. First, I just got to ask you about the success Jason is having right now with the Buffalo Sabres. It's got to be fun at the Nightingale household for Christmas talking a lot of hockey. Yeah, I know it is. It's been, it's been pretty cool to see his journey there and obviously uh, cut his teeth at uh, at Notre Dame and what a spot to learn under Jeff Jackson and Paul Pooley and Andy Slager and their whole staff. So, um, yeah, he's doing well. And then actually our younger brother, 
um, is in hockey. He finished his playing career now as an uh, assistant coach in the American Hockey League in Rockford. So definitely a family affair. No question about that. Coach, from my vantage point sitting in the press box watching your team play this year, I not only see a, an extremely talented bunch, but a team that plays with a lot of grit, tenacity. They take care of their defensive zone. Is this year's team already starting to take on the way you want Spartan hockey to look like for many years to come? Yeah, no, we're, we're we're proud of our group. You know, I think we're we're a team that's still trying to get better and improve every day. And I think you know, just anytime you get a chance like this, you want to try to establish, you know, the the standard of how we do things. And I do feel like uh, we're not perfect, but I do feel like you know what our team plays. We do we do play hard and we play as a team. You inherited a couple of experienced defensemen. It seems like they've been around for 10 or 11 years in Christian and Cole Krieger. As you took over the program, you got these two players on your roster, a lot of experience on the blue line. What did that do for your team getting this season started under your tutelage? Yeah, no, it was great. I mean, I think, you know, first off with the Kriegers there, they're just uh, – you know, their dad's a coach. Their, their older brother, Brock, was here when I had worked at Michigan State before, so I've known the family. And I think anytime you get coaches' kids, you know, they understand what it means to be a great teammate. And, um, you know, they want to be coached and want to be held accountable. And just their stability back there and um, leadership has been really valuable for our team. Michigan State hockey coach Adam Nightingale, my guest here on WSBT Radio. Coach, I've called Notre Dame hockey games for 14 years now, and I've seen some freshmen struggle right away. Then there are some freshmen that have success right away. And I look at your team. You've got a couple of freshman forwards that have really adapted to college hockey so well. Daniel Russell, eight goals, 20 assists, 28 points. And Carson Dorwart, nine goals, 17 assists, and 26 points. What is it about those two that have enabled them to have immediate success? Yeah, no, I think both of them, you know, the similar type deal where they never were kind of the chosen one and had to, had to earn everything they got. You know, so when they got here, I don't think they – they, there, there wasn't an expectation, hey, I'm going to be on the first line or, hey, I'm going to be on the power play. They just were going to go out and try to take advantage every day. And they're both really smart, competitive guys. And I think when you combine all, all that together, you know, they've had a really good start uh, to their, their college career and thankful to have them. Well, Coach, there's a, a goaltender for Michigan State that we are very familiar with here in South Bend. Dylan St. Cyr is a part of the Irish program, went to Quinnipiac for a year, and now is a part of this Michigan State program. And, Coach, having a great year, a 2.84 goals against average, a 9.14 save percentage. I mean, he was locked in against Notre Dame a couple of weeks ago in East Lansing as the Spartans swept the Irish. Just what has it been like to be around Dylan St. Cyr? I know he's a great kid. And what he has meant to your hockey team this year? Yeah, it was a huge pickup. You know, I got got the opportunity. Um, he was available in the, in the portal, and you know, first and foremost, we want to we want to try to get great people, and, and Dylan definitely checks that box. And you know, when we talked to him about coming, is you know one of the things that really excited us he, that he had played at Notre Dame, and you know that's a program that uh, we have a ton of respect for. We know obviously they do things first class, and he was gonna he's part of a winning culture there, so. Anytime you can add a guy like that, it's a pretty unique situation, and he's been great. You know, obviously he's played well in that, but even more so the way he's uh, impacted our locker room. Coach, I think it's very easy as a broadcaster to say every year, wow, this is the toughest Big Ten conference ever. And I think we've said that a couple of times the last few years, but I don't think it's recency bias this time around. I, I truly believe, Coach, this has been the biggest meat grinder of – 
since Notre Dame has been in the Big Ten, what has it been like as a coach putting your team on the ice knowing you guys have been ranked a lot, but you're going up against a ranked team almost every night in the conference? Yeah, no, it's uh, it's it's amazing, you know, the parity in our league, and you know, I do I do think you know Minnesota's kind of separated themselves. Obviously, you can see it in the standings, but then I think the rest of us are kind of uh, jacking, and, and anyone can beat anyone on any given night. And um, you know, I think that's great for our league too. You know, it's it's tough when you're going through it, but we also want to recruit the top players, and you get a chance to play against Notre Dame, or you get a chance to play against Wisconsin or Ohio State or Penn State, whoever. Um, you know, that's a, that's a big sell, and um, thankful to be in the league. Adam Nightingale, Michigan State hockey coach, my guest here on WSBT Radio, Michigan State at Notre Dame of the Big Ten Tournament quarterfinals. Game one, Friday at 7. Game two, Saturday at 4.30. Game three, if necessary, Sunday at 6. Coach, you went 2-1-1 one, and one against Notre Dame this year, including a two-game sweep in East Lansing in early February. How would you define the season series between your Spartans and the Fighting Irish? Yeah, I mean, I think, the, you know, you look back that first game, you know, they beat us 5 nothing, you know, and and, um, and then the next night was a, was a shootout game and and then and then really tight games here in our, our rank, you know, and I think uh, for sure Dylan had played really well in those games, you know, and, um, you know, you look historically Michigan or Michigan State and Notre Dame's games are historically tight games and close scoring, so we're expecting that this weekend. What is it about these two teams always playing coach close contest is there something that you see when you watch the film that makes these games always so competitive it, it seems like two goal games never happen anymore yeah no i know i you know i, I can speak just from watching notre dame it's just they're just so well coached and disciplined and um you know you're not going to get easy chances you know sometimes you can play teams where there's easy offense there's no no easy offense that's and, and, and it makes it tough and um it's a credit to their coaches everything they do such a great job of teaching guys to play play the right way and and it's great for our guys to play in that environment because you want to if you want to be a real player you got to be able to play in, in real hockey games and those are definitely what the, the case when we play Notre Dame you kind of jumped on my next question but I'll, but I'll ask it anyway but Jeff Jackson had great success at Lake Superior State a place where you played some college hockey and now in his 18th year here in South Bend are there a couple of traits of Jeff Jackson teams that seem to show up every year including in your four meetings against the irish this year yeah i mean i think that one for sure is like there's no it's it's real hockey you know it's it's there's no no easy offense and the the, the guys and I, I think one of the most interesting stats you know i i think their guys when they leave uh, play the least amount of games in the american league or in the minors that go right to the nhl than any co- other college program and i think they're they teach their guys to play um, both sides of the puck, and and um, so you see that definitely. You know, like when you're when you're watching the tape, they're they're well well schooled in, in those areas, and they're ultra disciplined, right? They're 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 a team that's never gonna never gonna beat yourself beat themselves. So there'll be a big challenge for us. I'm curious. You guys were idle last weekend, and going into the third period of the Notre Dame Michigan game, there were three different scenarios where a team could host this first round series. And I think if Notre Dame would have lost in regulation, you guys would have hosted. Did you watch that game? Did you focus on last weekend, or did you take kind of a, a mental break from hockey? No, we did. We watched it for sure. You know, I think uh, I'm a hockey junkie anyway, so I like watching <laughs> hockey. And um, it was, it was real, obviously really good games and um, and tight, just as just kind of what you'd expect. And, you know, our stance was on it. Obviously, we would love the chance to play at home, but this point in the year, all the games are going to be tough, and regardless of who we end up playing, we got to make sure we bring our best. Are there positives having a weekend off before the playoffs start? 
you know what? I think if it was a year where maybe you're banged up, you know, we've been relatively healthy. So, you know, I could see that. I mean, it's, it's kind of, it is what it is as far as having seven teams and someone's got to have a buy and it was our turn in the rotation to, to have the buy. So um, we try to do, take advantage of both resting up and sharpening up in some areas of our game. We want to keep growing. And, um, you know, we had a good week of practice last week and gave the guys, you know, a couple days last week to kind of recharge the batteries and, um, you know, a few more practices here, then we'll hit the road on Thursday. Finally, Coach, you're going into the postseason for the first time with this group. How are you going to describe to your team the difference between the postseason compared to what they saw in the regular season, in particular the freshmen who have not gone through this? Yeah, I don't think now it's, you know, it's really the real kind of dress rehearsals done and the real season starts and, you know, especially for our team, right? We're, we're, we're in a spot now where we, we got, we got to win. There's no tomorrow for our team. And, um, you know, when we look at our group or we always kind of look at developing and helping guys get better. And this is an opportunity to take a step, you know, and, and, um, go down there and play, you know, winning hockey when it matters the most. Well, Coach, I know we have a lot of respect for this program going back to the Ron Mason days. I know Jeff Jackson and Ron Mason were very, very close, and now you're in charge of bringing back this great program, and it's off to a great start. I see recruiting is going very well. So, Coach, congratulations on your early success. Have a good stay in South Bend, and I expect some really good hockey this weekend. Awesome, yeah. Thanks for having me. You bet. Thank you for your time. That is Adam Nightingale. He is the head coach of the Michigan State hockey team. They are the five seed in the Big Ten tournament, and they'll be in South Bend to take on the Fighting Irish Game 1 is Friday at 7 o'clock. You can hear the games on our sister station, Quality Rock, 94.3 FM. Who's your hysteria talk with retired basketball coach? Oh, my good friend, Mark Johnson's coming up in a moment here on Sports Radio 960 WSBT. After World War I, the... at Sports Radio 960 WSBT. I'm Darren Pritchett. Hoosier Hysteria starts tomorrow night for boys basketball teams across the state. Our sister station, 96-1 The Ton, will bring you all five games of the Laporte for a sectional. We've got Adams and Michigan City in game one tomorrow night. Plymouth versus Mishawaka in game two with Laporte and Riley getting to watch. They got the buys in that Laporte sectional. Well, Mark Johnson, 36 years as a high school boys basketball coach, 470 victories. And he's joining me again this year to talk a little Hoosier hysteria on Sports Radio 960 WSBT. Coach, I got to tell you, I was just watching a replay of the 46th game of the week before the show. Mishawaka and St. Joe halftime interview with the coaching staffs in the background, there's Mark Johnson. He never misses the camera. Had like a Jay Wright suit on. I mean, I couldn't miss you. And I'm not surprised you found your way on TV. <laughs> um, you shocked me that you would introduce me that way. But I did put my popcorn down so they didn't see any popcorn in my teeth. I didn't eat any candy so they don't think I'm breaking my uh, Lenten give up sweets kind of a thing that I've done forever. And so I tried to hide from the camera, but somehow I just found it, Darren. I I don't know how it happened. It just finds the important people. It always seems to happen that way. But it's good to talk to you again. Always enjoy our conversations. And, Coach, I think going into Hoosier Hysteria, I think we legitimately have three teams 
that have an opportunity to win a state championship in our area. Two of those teams are in the same class and are going to play eventually, but I'm talking about Penn in 4A and then Northwood and Marion in 3A. How realistic do you believe these teams have a chance to win a championship this year? Well, on paper, Darren, extremely realistic. But the great thing about our tournaments, and things have changed, don't get me wrong on that, but there's been times where the best team on paper doesn't always end up being the best team on the floor that night. And you don't have to be the best team throughout the week, or excuse me, throughout the year. You have to be the best team on the floor that night. And that's the one thing that, you have to look out for because sometimes, and I was part of that on both sides of the fence, where um, in 1981, we were ranked second in the state at LaSalle, and we ended up getting beat by um, um, Adams on a last-second shot. Mm. Um, One year at Riley, uh, we didn't have a very good regular season. I think Penn beat us 142-7 to during the regular season. Well, we got them in the final game of the sectional. Well, guess who won? The Riley Wildcats. And so there's two very prime examples of the best team doesn't always come out on top. But I, I have seen Penn. I have seen Plymouth. Uh, Plymouth. I have seen Penn. I have seen Marion. And I have seen um, Northwood. And I can tell you all three extremely talented teams. And they're good. And they do have an, an extremely good chance of advancing in the tournament. Over in Jimtown is a six-team 3A sectional with Mishawaka Marion being the heavy favorite. I think we have to mention South Bend, Washington, South Bend, St. Joe. Clay can put up a lot of points. They've had some big numbers offensively so far this year. Rob Berger's got this night team ready to go on a run once again. What stands out about Coach Berger's Marion team? Well, the thing that, that Rob's always done, they're extremely consistent. They're, they're consistent on how they play. They're consistent in their effort, and they're consistent with their defense. And that is, you know, really, really important. Um, they don't change a whole lot of different things. And what they do, they stand down. We're going to play you in our 2-3 zone. We're going to switch up to 1-3-1. We're going to extend it. 2-2-1, we're going to drop back and trap you in the half court, and we can play you in the man. And each one of those have a very good variation. Even though in theory they're all the same, in reality they're not. Because you have to, for example, when they're 1-3-1, they have length at the top. When they're in two, they're 2-3, they spread their wings wide. Mm-hmm. They take away your three. And then when you're man-to-man, they can turn you and they trap out of that. And then they're 2-2-1 pressed. They can either or they can drop it back to three quarter or to half court, and so that is important. Um, offensively, they have a person that can score when they need a basket, and I think all really really great teams you have to have the one person when your offense breaks down that all of a sudden bam you got to have the ball in somebody's hand that can score. They have that, and so that's the ingredients of a pretty strong basketball team. Yeah, Declan Sullivan is a guy that can definitely take over game for that night squad. Any thoughts on Washington, St. Joe? Do they have an opportunity to sneak up on the Knights in this sectional? Well, as long as they're playing, they have an opportunity. Yep. And, and, and again, I'm extremely prejudiced in regards to St. Joe. But they are tremendously coached. Um, Eric Gaff is, is in 
reality a young coach who's had an awful lot of experience. And the one thing that I respect an awful lot about Eric, if you look at his team, he starts two freshmen, or excuse me, one freshman, two sophomores, a junior and a senior. Not once when he has lost a close game has he come back and whined about, well, we got a young team. They're not a young team. They're varsity basketball players. And that is the one thing to where when you turn around and you look at that, when you're well coached and you have youth, all of a sudden that youth doesn't realize maybe we're not supposed to win. And I can go back with that one year that, that we won the sectional and regional uh, when Demise Anderson was a freshman and Shamar Dillard. We started two freshmen, a sophomore, junior, and a senior. They didn't realize that we weren't supposed to win the sectional. <laughs> and the closer the game got, the tighter that pen got. And all of a sudden, the rim looked bigger to us, and the rim looked a lot, lot smaller to Penn. Well, this could happen no matter who was playing, the favorite. It's different now, Darren, from a standpoint. If this sectional was played at Clay, if this sectional was played at Washington, at St. Joe, at Marion, you would have 2,000 people there. Yeah. It would be packed. Will they have that crowd out there? I don't know. But, again, it's tough for especially a high school kid to say, hey, how are we going to get there? And so if it was in town, you could take the city bus. You could somehow get there. But we don't have that now. But the favorite, especially in the tournament time, sometimes, you know, that noose gets a little bit tight. And um, do they have a chance? The answer is yes. As long as you're playing, you bet they have a chance. Mark Johnson is my guest on WSBT Radio talking Hoosier Hysteria. 3A at Northwood. You've got the the sectional with the best winning percentage in the state. You've got two top five teams in West Noble and Northwood in this sectional. I'll tell you what, Coach, that Northwood team will carve you up offensively. I think tactically they're as good as anybody on offense in the area. Without a doubt, Darren. And, again, Coach Wolf is an excellent, excellent coach, and I had uh, the privilege of competing against him. And if you weren't solid defensively, by the time you looked around to say what, they were scoring and you were taking the ball out of the net going down the floor. They have a solid point guard. They have people who can shoot it. They have size on the inside. Um, question their depth. I don't know how deep they are in regards to that, but they do have an extremely solid five, and they play with each other. It looks like they play for each other. And I've seen teams, uh, good teams, this year where all of a sudden you got a guy open, uh, they almost get him the ball, and they take the shot themselves. I've seen Northwood play three times this year. Not one time did I see them not get the ball to a person who had a better shot. That makes it, you know, for a very solid team. You take a look at West Noble, and I have not seen them in person. But West Noble, again, it's a basketball community. And they're not going to be surprised when they go in there. And when you go into Napanee, that gym's going to be full. Well, they played in front of a lot of full houses this year, and they aren't going to be intimidated. And, again, you come out, it depends upon what side of the fence you're on. Hopefully the best team wins or hopefully the best team don't win that night. And so that's the, great, the greatness of our tournament. Hmm. Coach, let's move to 4A for a couple of moments. We'll go over to well, what a great place to watch Hoosier Hysteria, Elkhart's Northside Gym. They've got a six-team sectional there. The favorite, of course, is Penn. You've got Warsaw, Northridge, Goshen, Elkhart, Elkhart and Concord. And 
Coach, I'll tell you what, that Penn team might be as good as any team in the area I've seen in some time. You've got a premier player in Marcus Burton, and he can do anything for that team. But, Coach, what makes them so difficult is that they have so many other weapons surrounding him. He can drive into the lane. Everybody surrounds him, and he is such a player with great vision. He can distribute. they got guys that can hit three-point shots. So you almost have to pick your poison, don't you, with this Penn team? Without a doubt. And we have had an awful lot of good guards in the city of South Bend throughout the history of basketball. And you can put Burton's picture in yeah. that or his face in that picture. He's as good as any guard that I've ever seen. He's quick. He can go off the bounce. He can shoot to three, and he can pass. And he's not afraid to pass. And that is the great thing. He gets a lot of his points in transition. He gets a lot of his points um, being able to get to the rim, and he makes his free throws. He's super. They have two wings that can shoot it extremely well, and then they have two pretty good size six, 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 seven young men who are able to score, and at least they have to be guarded. And this is, again, when you pick your poison, I, I think the, the thing more than anything as a coach, you have to be consistent on how you defend. And if you put all your eggs in stopping this one thing and all of a sudden it doesn't work, and then you have to scramble. But if you stay solid in what you do, and again, you're going to have to be able to put some kind of a, a wrinkle or a hiccup in what Penn wants to do. Penn wants to dribble drive. They want to kick out. They want to shoot to three. Uh, but they still play an awful lot of the same stuff that Al's always done uh, against the zone. And that's where, again, you come back on this. Not all the time are your shots going to fall. And that's the thing to where I, I one of the greatest venues in college basketball, I went to the Purdue-IU basketball game uh, Saturday. Mm -hmm. And, again, you say pick your poison. Well, you got to stop eating. And then you got, well, okay, they aren't going to stop eating. Um, I happened to stand next to him, Darren, and <laughs> you cast a big shadow in the broadcasting world. But I tell you, that young man cast a big shadow over the face of the earth. I have never seen anybody as big as him. I was going to ask him, can I shake your hand? And then I looked at my little stubs and said, nah, I don't think I want to do that. But my point being on the game, um, Purdue didn't shoot the ball. No. And they still did their thing uh, with getting the ball to the inside. But then when it collapsed and Edie did his thing, he kicked it out to the perimeter. Their shots didn't drop. I think at one time they were 3 of 20 from the 3. Well, what happens if all of a sudden – the wings at Penn, the point at Penn, their shots aren't dropping. And what happens if that other team gets the ball and all of a sudden they walk it up and they aren't, you know, basically swallowing their tongue when the other team's pressing? And this is why, again, I'm much more old school. I was old school when I was young, Darren. But this is one of the reasons why I hope they never go to a shot clock. Because yeah. when you're in a shot clock, 99% of the time, the most talent wins the game. It just yep. does. Talent trumps in that situation. But when you have something to where if you have a four-point lead and all of a sudden you eat three and a half, uh, three minutes off of possession and then score, and then the other team races down and rushes, misses a shot, then you get to rebound and eat another minute and a half off and score, all of a sudden you got an eight-to-two lead, first quarter's over. 
Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden you're starting to look around and some hearts start to race a little faster, not from the coaches, not from the players, but the people up in the stands. Oh, what's going on? Well, <laughs> not necessarily. And so these are the great things, again, about what the game of basketball is. And uh, I just, when you played the song leading up to this, and I'm not lying on this, I was playing that. I'm sitting on my couch, uh, another great meal by my wife. We're, I'm now part of the geriatric crowd. So uh, we have our meals early, and I'm sitting there ready for a nap. And I was listening to the uh, very interesting segment with a hockey coach from Michigan State. Yeah. I mean, it was tremendous. And now I just didn't want to fall asleep, and I kept, you know, being ready, being ready. And now I'm set. I'm ready to go. My 97-year-old mom is like, she said, this is like the olden days. She's in the good living room, sitting in front of the radio, listening to her son. How about that? Talk about hoops with Darren Pritchard. She oh, couldn't my believe gosh. it that I even knew you, let alone oh. be on your radio show. It's she's, phenomenal. She's 97. God bless her. That's fantastic, Coach. She saw a lot fantastic. of victories through the so- years. She's been through a lot of victories. She's also seen a lot of disappointments. So she knows what this tournament's yeah. like. And I always say that, you know, February is the second greatest month in the year because it gets you to the greatest month, yeah. the month of February, or <laughs> the month of March. <laughs> yep. And, you know, I, I was still confused on that. But the thing where my mom and I would say that, my mom thought, well, the month of March is so important because that's uh, her favorite son, Chris's, birthday oh March son. Oh, okay. he says, well yeah so that's where she thinks and he's the coach at homestead and so she will sit in front of the computer and she will stare at that and we cannot talk at all during that ball game wow it's we have to sit there and we have to be quiet and she give us the nod we can clap when they score she gives us a nod one to frown or boo when she thinks that my brother got cheated there you go um and it's just Great, great time of year. I love it. That's terrific. All right, Coach, let's wrap up with LaPorte. You've got LaPorte, Michigan City, Mishawaka, Plymouth, Adams, and Riley. Since you saw Mishawaka on Friday, let me ask you about them. 17 wins, second most regular season victories for Mishawaka in the last 30 years. And they got Brady Fisher back for this game. He'd missed a month with a thumb injury, and he can make a, a big, big difference in this team. Coach, they have not won a sectional since 1986. I know it's something the school would love to see come to an end. What are your thoughts watching that Mishawaka team win a wild game at St. Joe in overtime Friday, 63-60? Well, one of the things when I look at that, I think of, you know, just not the present, but I think of the past. And I think of all the great coaches that they had there. I mean, I think of Marvin Wood, uh, Ryan Watson, the job that Ronnie Heklinski did. Rob Berger was coach there for a while. And what uh, Bender is able to do, he's been able to, you know, to carry on a lot of the stuff that those guys have done. And when I just wonder, do those people realize, well, Marv Wood was the coach. Well, who's Marv Wood? Well, do some history. Go back to 1954. And so there's a little bit of history of what Marv was able to bring over from or to Mishawaka. They really, really have always been consistent. And I love playing Mishawaka. Number one, I love the gym. And number two, I always respected the coaches. And this is the thing to where I think they have right now. Mishawaka is as good as any team in the area. Do they realize it? And I think that's something that's very, very important. With the Fisher kid coming back with his thumb, uh, go back to Scotty May and um, – the 1975 Indiana Hoosiers 
Well, he had a broken arm, and he came back against Kentucky. They weren't the same team. So is it going to take some time to get him acclimated into the rotation again? Um, they're solid. I mean, I, I think of uh, Pritchett. I, I think of what he comes in, and I, and I mean this sincerely, not just because I'm talking to his dad, but he can play. And they've got three other players just like him. They may not do all of the things that get your name in the paper, but they do all the things that they have to do to be able to win. They have to be consistent in their guard play. And that is the one thing when they go in to win the tournament, you can't turn the basketball over. And you have to make good decisions of what they do. Um, The fact that the sectional is at LaPorte, you know, will that affect us when I talk about us, the South Bend area people playing different time zones? to me, it does. I, we used to play our sectional at one time when I was at LaSalle. Uh, we had to go to, to Michigan City and play the sectional one year. Um, we went, took our regionals. We still went to Michigan City then. But during the week on a Tuesday, that's a little bit different. But I think that sectional was wide open. Um, I, I don't know the situation of what's going on. I haven't seen anything on the news or read in the paper. Is Chad coming back? Will he be able to coach? I heard has, he was. Has he been able yeah, I heard okay, he was. Has he been able to practice? Okay, see, I haven't heard all of that. I'm out of the loop, Darren. You know, nobody is, you know, contacting me to <laughs> give me a little heads up when I talk about my, you know, sectional picks. I think Michigan City, is, they got the best player, I think, in the tournament over at yeah. uh, Michigan City um, or at LaPorte. He's good. Um, Laporte has had a good year. Plymouth is solid. Um, I have not seen Riley play. I, I, I don't know, but I know they've won a couple games towards the end of the year. And so it's a very balanced. I don't think there's anybody coming into that tournament just saying that's going to be an awful tough out. Yeah. Everybody in that tournament is going to be a good game. Well, Arthur Jones, Rasan Johnson, Maddox Joey, Jackson Snyder, those guards you're talking about for Mishawaka that'll hopefully put up some points as they take on Plymouth tomorrow night. Coach, which sectional are you going to be attending tomorrow? I, I'm going to be at um, the St. Joe. I'm going to Jimtown. And again, I come back on this. It bothers me, Darren. I'll put one more last thing before yeah. I stop talking about it. What we have to do in class basketball, we have to choose where we're going where we have South Bend teams playing, we have area teams playing. And in the past, that was your rival. You had all those people going, and you had the people in the cheer block, and the gyms gyms were pretty well full. Well, the fact, again, that we have to drive over 25, 30 minutes to play, I I don't think that's the best thing in the IHSAA world. And this is where I wish they would come down instead of worrying about you know, different things here, there, and the other thing. Worry about what's best for the actual players, what's best for the actual students yeah. to where they can actually be there and cheer on your teams. And I've heard there's talk where there'll be anywhere from um, five classes next year to possibly they're going to cut it to three. I mean, yeah. I don't know about that. But I think they need to do some things to where they can make it to where the area teams are the closest to where they can get there and watch them play. But I will be cheering on the St. Joseph Indians, and I wish Coach Gaff, more than any of them, the best of luck. I'll just say this. Am I allowed to do that on the radio? Of course, absolutely. You okay, can, you can know, do whatever see, you I always, want. I was always, okay, I was always told the media, you know, they can't be biased. You know, you can't say that, but I'm just a low rung and a very big ladder. I'm not really media. I'm not like Ronnie Heklinski. I mean, he's part of the media. We've got um, – <laughs> 
Brian Miller, you, you can't cheer on, but I think I can, can I? You know what? I'm cheering for whoever your mom is cheering for, simply put. I want to stay in the good well, graces. Well, that's important. I guarantee you. One is Homestead. Okay. You, you make sure you write that one down. And then the other one is St. Joe. Those are her two okay. teams now. Okay. Well, she kind of like, she also like either Purdue or IU, depending upon which one wins. Okay. Well, I'll She's tell you the what. the most loyal fan money can buy. I'm an Illinois fan. Luke Goody played at Homestead, so we have a little connection there. So just tell her I'm rooting for her schools. Have a root for Mishawak, and we'll call it even. I like it. I'll do it. I can't guarantee it's going to happen, but there's. I, I will put it to her. When you get 97, you kind of get straight in your way. You know, <laughs> my wife says as I get older, as I hit the geriatric stage, I get a little <laughs> more set in my way. That bothers me. I don't uh, think it's true, but who knows. Can we check in with you on Wednesday after you watch the Jimtown sectional? Yes. Okay. I mean, I'm in. I love it. Okay. I mean, I, I said this before, Darren, one of the most important not important calls, but one of the most important calls I received when we won the section of my last year at St. Joe. That was cool. And everybody called me. I never knew I knew that many people, let alone they had my phone number. <laughs> Everyone called except you. No, I didn't I get d- it. What? Then all of a sudden I was on the radio every day. I thought you felt sorry for me because you snubbed me. Last year you got mad at me because after you lost in semi-state, I didn't call you. That That's what, what the, the conversation was last, last year, year so now seen... it's changed, okay? <laughs> That's exactly right. That's exactly next right. year it'll be something right, else. It always is. That means I'm I'm on next year too. Oh heck yes! Yeah, we'll just keep this thing going. We'll we'll go as long as we can. That's for sure. And you know what? I'll I'll set I'll send you a text. We'll set things up for Wednesday. I like it. Sounds good, Darren. Thank you, sir. Coach, thank you. Appreciate it. That's Mark Johnson. Quick timeout. Six fifty-five at WSBT. What do you mean he went searching for fresher?